RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. Tonight's headlines. Four Hong Kong banks raise their interest rates following the Federal Reserve's decision to again hike US borrowing costs. Eddie Yu from the Hong Kong Monetary Authority urges people to think carefully when buying property and taking out mortgages as rates go up. And police arrest three more doctors on suspicion of issuing exemption certificates for COVID vaccine passes without without giving the recipients medical checks. HSBC, Bank of China, Hang Seng Bank and Standard Chartered, along with the Bank of East Asia, have all raised their interest rates for the first time in four years following the Federal Reserve's decision to again hike US borrowing costs to try to tame inflation. They've all announced that they're raising their best lending rates by 12.5 basis points, bringing the prime rate of HSBC, Hang Seng and Bank of China to 5.125%. The best lending rate is to go up to 5.375% for Standard Chartered and Bank of East Asia. The last time the banks adjusted the prime rate was in November 2019, when they cut it by an eighth of a percentage point. The move by the banks to raise it followed the Hong Kong Monetary Authority's announcement of a 75 basis point increase in its base rate to track the overnight hike by the US Central Bank. Standard Charter's senior economist for Greater China, Kelvin Lau, says he expects this to be just the start of a rising cycle of prime rate hikes. The government is considering every option um, to try to improve our economic activities as well as our connection with the international world. Uh, so we are considering the logistics and uh, uh, at the right time we will make the announcement with every details. The chief executive of the Monetary Authority, Eddie Yu, urged people to think carefully when buying property and taking out mortgages during this period of rising interest rates. He described the external environment as highly volatile, but said Hong Kong's monetary and financial markets remain stable. The cement mixer was travelling along the Qingxia Highway when the driver apparently lost control of the truck and it plunged... I do apologise, that's the wrong clip. Police have arrested three more doctors on suspicion of issuing exemption certificates for COVID vaccine passes without actually giving the recipients a medical check. As Maggie Ho reports, more than 20 people thought to have procured such certificates have also been arrested. And we'll have to skip that report due to technical issues. Do apologise. Back to our top story on rising interest rates. The financial secretary says he doesn't believe the latest hike in US interest rates will lead to a sharp drop in Hong Kong's property market. But Paul Chan said it's likely to slow external demand hitting the SAR's exports and warned of a continuing recession ahead. Maggie Ho has the details. The FS met the media shortly after the U.S. Federal Reserve raised its key short-term interest rate by 75 basis points for the third time since June to a range of 3 to 3 and a quarter percent and signaled that borrowing costs would keep rising this year. But Mr. Chen said interest rates are just one of the factors that affect the property market. We have to look at also the demand supply situation, the employment situation, the repayment capability of homeowners, the financial position of the developers and individual households. 
So taking all this into account, I don't think there would be a risk of a sharp adjustment in the property market. But he said the Fed hikes are having an impact on shipments from Hong Kong. External demand would suffer because of the high interest rate environment. Consequently, our export will suffer. In fact, the second quarter export of Hong Kong has dropped by more than 8%. So um, we have to be very careful. Uh, Economic-wise, one of the key drivers of our economic growth, that is exports, uh, will be affected. Mr Chen warned that this, coupled with the impact of COVID, means Hong Kong's economy is very likely to record a contraction for the whole of this year. And a look at the weather. Becoming cloudy with one or two showers. Sunny periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 27 and 32 degrees. Moderate east to northeasterly winds becoming fresh as the day progresses. The current temperature at the observatory is 28 degrees with relative humidity of 77%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Hong Kong recorded 5,990 new COVID infections today, including 163 imported cases. More than 2,200 patients are now being treated in public hospitals, including 20 in intensive care. 17 more people with COVID have died. Dr Albert Au from the Centre for Health Protection says it appears that the current wave has peaked and he expects a further decline in the daily caseload. It is pretty obvious now that the peak is uh, really over and the COVID situation is trending down. In terms of sewage surveillance and also hospital admission numbers, they are stable and they are actually trending down also. Also, BA5 is taking up a pretty high proportion and in the light of um, overseas experience, and BA5 is hitting something like 80%. It would be uh, hitting a plateau and the caseload in the community will be coming down on a gradual basis. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says scrapping all quarantine and medical surveillance requirements is one option the government will consider when it comes to further opening up Hong Kong's borders. At present, inbound travellers are required to stay at a quarantine hotel for three days, followed by four days of home medical surveillance. Natalie Ching reports. Expectations of changes to the anti-pandemic measures have reached fever pitch, with many medical experts and others here calling for the government to at least replace hotel quarantine with seven days of medical monitoring. Quite a few would like restrictions on arrivals scrapped altogether. Professor Lowe said the government is looking at all the options. The government is considering every option to try to improve our economic activities as well as our connection with the international world. So we are considering the logistics and uh, at the right time we will make the announcement with every details. The health secretary was speaking at a media briefing during which he was also asked about the criteria for doctors to issue vaccine exemption certificates. He noted that contraindications for vaccination are rare and said it's therefore highly suspicious for some clinics to have issued hundreds or thousands of exemption certificates. I must emphasize that as a medical professional, I am deeply disappointed by the action of such because we are entrusted by the public and we have the duty to protect our public from public health risks and threats. 
A number of doctors have now been arrested on suspicion of issuing exemptions to people who have not had COVID jabs to allow them to use the government's vaccine pass without examining them. The former justice minister on the mainland, Fu Jianghua, faces life in prison after the Intermediate People's Court in the city of Changchun handed him a suspended death sentence for taking bribes and bending the rules. Aaron Tam reports. The court in a statement established that Fu Jianghua took bribes worth over 117 million yuan by abusing power in various positions he held between 2005 and 2021. Additionally, between 2014 and 2015, when Fu was head of the Beijing Public Security Bureau, the court said he hid evidence of suspected crimes committed by his brother Fu Weihua and failed to handle the case in accordance with the law. It added he is deprived of political rights for life and all personal property will be confiscated. The court said it had granted a lenient sentence because Fu, who's 67, had confessed to his crimes and showed repentance and had been cooperative in returning his illegal gains. After the two-year reprieve for his death sentence, Fu's sentence can be commuted to life in prison, but no further reduction or parole shall be given to him, the court said. Fu was a member of the Central Political and Legal Affairs Commission and the Minister of Justice before entering semi-retirement in May 2020. Iran is witnessing its most deadly clashes in years as protesters continue to demonstrate in many cities in the country over the death of a young woman, Masa Amini, in police custody. She'd been arrested for apparently wearing a hijab improperly. A strict Islamic dress code for women is enforced in Iran by a police unit known as the Morality Police. Here are some protesters tearing down a street poster of a senior figure from Iran's ruling leadership. This is the fifth day of increasingly violent protests sparked by the death of the 22-year-old in the country where women, regardless of their faith, are required to cover their hair. The morality police also ban them from wearing coats above the knee, tight trousers, bright colours or torn jeans. At least 17 people, including a policeman, have now been killed. The protesters have even hounded Iran's president, who is in the US for the United Nations General Assembly meeting. Nigar Mortsavi is an Iranian-American journalist based in Washington, D.C. and host of the Iran podcast. So the overall nature of the protests are very unprecedented. It's centered around a... um, opposition to the mandatory hijab, to the violent uh, practice of the morality police, and essentially a women's issue. And we see a lot of young women taking lead of these protests and being very brave, burning their scars, and essentially staging these very symbolic acts to show that they are fed up with this uh, practice that's being forced on them. I think what's also significant is that part of the religious and conservative Uh, communities in the Iranian society are also speaking up against the mandatory hijab and um, overall I'm hoping that the death of Masamini would be a turning point in at least how this law is being enforced and essentially this violent form of harassment against women in the public which is the morality police. 
The European Union's foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell, has said the bloc is preparing new sanctions on Russia given what he called Vladimir Putin's shocking nuclear threat, its huge military call-up and its attempts to annex parts of Ukraine. He was speaking after an emergency meeting of UN foreign ministers at the UN. To sport and in basketball, the American real estate developer Robert Sarver says he started the process of selling the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. The announcement came just eight days after he was suspended by the NBA for one year for using racist language, making sex-related comments to and about women and mistreating his employees. Arizona-based journalist Jeremy Duda says the NBA's decision didn't go far enough for many. Since that came out, we've heard a lot of criticism from within the league, uh, including some of uh, you know the Phoenix Suns, that uh, the uh, penalties weren't harsh enough. We've seen calls from uh, some of the, one of the minority owners for him to step down, and probably most importantly, we saw PayPal, one of the team's sponsors, whose logo was on the uh, Phoenix Suns jerseys, announced that it would not renew its sponsorship of the team, which ends after the upcoming season if Sarver was still with the team. And I think that was probably uh, that may well have been the tipping point here. The Mercury have won four WNBA titles, while the Suns have appeared in three NBA championships but have never won the title. In our top story, HSBC Bank of China, Hang Seng Bank and Standard Chartered, along with Bank of East Asia, have all raised their interest rates for the first time in four years following the Federal Reserve's decision to again hike US borrowing costs to try to tame inflation. They've all announced that they are raising their best lending rates by 12.5 basis points, bringing the prime rate of HSBC, Hang Seng and Bank of China to 5.125%. The best lending rate is to go up to 5.375% for Standard Chartered and Bank of East Asia. And the last time the banks adjusted the prime rate was in November 2019 when they cut it by an eighth of a percentage point. The move by the banks to raise it followed the Hong Kong Monetary Authority's announcement of a 75-point basis point increase in its base rate to track the overnight hike by the US Central Bank. Standard Charter's senior economist for Greater China, Kelvin Lau, says he expects this to be just the start of a rising cycle of prime rate hikes. The silver lining is that we don't expect a further hike in prime rates, if any, will be uh, of great magnitude. Maybe a slightly bit faster, maybe between five basis points, but yeah, it's between one eighth and a quarter anyway each time. So while we do see that as a negative to both the Hong Kong economy and a negative to the Hong Kong property sector outlook, but then it is a relatively minor negative factor compared to other headwinds, be it a still sort of lackluster growth in mainland China or a growing risk of recession in the West or just the simple fact that we're still seeing this constraint coming from still stringent COVID-related measures and border restrictions. A quick reminder of the weather. It's currently 28 degrees with humidity of 76%. The news from RTHK. <laughs> Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day 
Here we are in Hong Kong, the dying embers of Thursday, Friday, just a few minutes around the corner, and welcome to our twilight time, 45 minutes of music just to take it easy by music from a bygone age. If you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete as Gmail. With the first one for you tonight, a classic from Jim Reeves. Before 
with every kiss my head is spinning this is the moment i've waited for tonight is only the beginning <laughs> 